to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. All right, welcome back to the ZMAR podcast, and we're going to go through some of the things that we're experiencing going through the final days of open enrollment and some of the things that employers or HR directors or executives should look to do or make sure it's done kind of like a checklist, but it's informal, but just some things that can get missed, especially in the small business world because we're so busy trying to work on, on our business and get back to a normal life, especially with COVID and maybe you had all your employees working remote, they're back, or they're still working remote, but you're trying to figure out the new normal. Large companies have a lot of things systematic and don't um, have a concern because there's a function and a process somewhere that automatically takes care of it, part of a workflow, so to speak. But during the these final days, uh, we need to wrap up uh, the employee applications, any employer documentation for switching uh, insurance companies, but some of the employees could be lingering and not responding. And so we need to double down and get those paperwork in. Otherwise, employees are going to be left without insurance. In a lot of cases, especially in the small business world, the deadline is going to be December 15th. It's a good hard goal, too, because it could take a, a good 10 days um, to process the paperwork and get employees their temporary insurance cards or at least get insurance cards starting to get printed and mailed to them. But there are some last minute people or last minute decisions that were being made from an executive level. It could have been a financial situation, but some of those uh, open enrollments may not happen until later in this month. Just keep in mind that you need to get that paperwork in so that employees can get insurance cards in their hands so they have confidence that things are done. Otherwise, it'll be the first or second, third, fifth of January, and there's no temporary insurance card. There's no card in the mail, and then an employee could be wondering where their insurance is. But the biggest thing is just communicate with the employees. I think most of the employee bases that we experience that they would understand as long as you communicate and let them know what's going on. The hardest part is actually trying to uh, mitigate or avoid the topic of what's going on internally because you think it's an internal mistake. You don't want your employees to know you make mistakes. We're all human. So just communicate with them, get the deadlines taken care of. We're all adults. Just get the paperwork in. I'm saying it that way because it's one of the biggest hurdles that we all experience is getting that final paperwork in. But tidy it all up, get it done, and then engage your employees. Let them take a little bit of ownership in the in the process so we can get it all taken care of. But again, getting those insurance cards back in the hand, especially if you switch insurance companies or you're starting up a health plan, get them in those plans uh, increases the confidence of your employees and you as the employer. Next few things that need to be ta- taken care of uh, with now that you get through the open enrollment is we need to calculate all the premiums for each one of the employees with all the benefits that they're selecting and they're paying for, whether it's full or partial of the health insurance premiums life insurance benefit, short-term disability, long-term disability, dental, vision, and the list goes on. It could be, again, those outside services too, legal services or some wellness programs that they're chipping in, putting money in, have skin in the game. We need to allocate those premiums and figure out what's going to be the payroll deductions. And then we actually have to finalize and update the actual payroll report. And the reason we need to actually take that final step is because many business owners put it on their desk and other things get on top of it. 
And there are times that small businesses accidentally, in some fashion, update uh, did not update the payroll. And then come June, all of a sudden, they're realizing that they're not collecting enough money from their employees and it's costing the company money. But on top of that, it could be the other way around where it's going to save the employee money because they switch plans. And so you need to get that updated um, as well. But don't delay it. Some of the advanced technology systems automatically update payroll. So if you're working with a broker, insurance broker that utilizes technology, there's probably an easy process to do this. There is some cost that's involved in it where it automatically streamlines to a payroll company and you're able to update the payroll automatically through the Ben Abin system. But it is important because a lot of small businesses miss this step and then they're shortchanged one way or the other. The other thing that's required is distributing plan summaries. So once employees actually pick the plan, um, we do have to distribute and make sure they have access to any of the plan documents that are necessary. They can be electronically delivered inside the Ben Abin system or some combination thereof, but you, you, you should. And in and, and some places, it's definitely a requirement where you actually have to give out these plan summaries. So we need to make sure that is done. In fact, in some of the employer portals for the insurance companies, there's actually a big red tag for this where it asks you, did you complete this task? And on top of that, how did you distribute them? So obviously we have to be as honest as possible. We can't just click the button and say we did it, but that's an important task. And then that way the employees have access to the document at claim time or when they're trying to figure out what's next for their healthcare needs. On the business-related side, uh, we do need to update what they call a POP uh, document. It's P-O-P or 125 document or some call it cafeteria plan. It's basically a list on a, a document, a boilerplate document that gets updated every year. It has to have specific wording in there of what's going to actually be pre-tax deduction for the employees. Again, a lot of payroll companies take care of this every single year. Uh, it's just a quick administrative process, but it's got to be updated every year. And it's really just in case there's an audit on the, on the business side, and it's just another document to actually say, if you're missing this document, what else are you missing? So it's a simple document. It needs to be get updated. Some brokers do it in-house for you. There's uh, software that's being used. Payroll companies do use it, or third-party administrators do use it too. So there's many resources to it. There's usually an administrative cost to it. I've seen anywhere from 100 to as much as $2,000 a year for this document. So be careful where you're getting it from and who's charging and how they're charging you. Some of these big payroll companies out there definitely sneak in fees for it, and they charge more than what it's worth. But uh, just keep an eye on it, and you, you should be fine. Like I said, even your broker might be able to do it in-house with technology. Another one's called a wrap document. It's basically a document that puts together like plan summaries and other documents that are required into a document, uh, and if you ever get audited. A lot of these documents I always call is like the busted taillight uh, that gets you pulled over for the DUI. The true offense is the DUI, not necessarily the busted taillight, but that's an example of this. There's going to be bigger things that are, are going to be at had, but you don't want to give them reason to keep going. And so they are just documents. Small businesses especially have gone their entire business career and never had these documents and never got in trouble for it. I'm just saying it's a uh, it's a boilerplate document that needs to be checked off the list every single year. Just get, make sure it's updated. If you don't have it, 
it's definitely a question you need to bring up to your broker and your payroll company to make sure that these things are absolutely done. Again, the, the cafeteria plan 125 document can be done through payroll. The wrap document is usually through a third-party administrator or through your broker. And there's documentation that goes on. But of course, there's fees with it too. But the fee to set it up is cheaper than the penalty. So I just think of it that way. Sure, you can go in the next 30 years and never have an issue, but I'm bringing it to light so that you bring up the question and figure out how you need to handle this and make your own decision on how you want to put it together. But my recommendation is find a solution, and that way you don't give any auditor any reason to keep going further because of one or two documents. So these are just some of the things to start tidying up the first part of December here and make sure certain things are in place going into the new year. We're about to bring on a local business owner. He, uh, he owns a realtor outfit in uh, Oak Lawn. We're going to talk about some of the small businesses that he experienced and what challenges he's been seeing, especially during COVID. He, he's very heavily involved in the community, and we'll get a good introduction from him uh, when we bring him on. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. Welcome back to the ZMAR podcast. I was fortunate enough to be able to get Kyle Altenberg. He's a local realtor in Oakland, Illinois, and he operates throughout Illinois. He's a great guy, big business networking type guy, shakes a lot of hands, knows a lot of people in the community. Hey, Kyle, I appreciate your time coming out. Thanks, Butch, for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, we pound a lot of elbows these days. There's not too much shaking hands going on, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, keep it safe. Um, I am Kyle Altenberg, a full-time realtor, have been for uh, 11 years. Uh, before that, I was uh, actually a mortgage loan officer, um, helped people get qualified to, to buy homes. So I have a good understanding of the whole picture on what it helps to, or what it takes to buy a house. Um, so cut my teeth on helping buyers. And to this day, I specialize in helping first-time home buyers take advantage of the programs that are out there and to get into houses with as little money down and obviously as little on a monthly basis as possible. Um, and uh, over the years have you know started listing homes as well and uh, all the way down to helping tenants find properties and uh, helping landlords deal with their rental properties as well. So, um, and yeah, Southside guy, uh, born and raised in Oakland. Now I raised my family here in Oakland and uh, not going anywhere and helping the surrounding suburbs and the city neighborhoods down here. Uh, anybody in those areas figure out what to do with their real estate. Well, that's awesome. And uh, and you do do a lot in the community. And I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to touch base on a couple things that you had said. I know you had mentioned you help uh, landlords with the tenants, but what are they experiencing, especially with COVID and people out of work? What have you been seeing on that front as far as collecting rents or, or not collecting rents for that matter? And some of the regulations that came involved in that? Yeah. I mean, um, 
they've, they've struggled obviously with getting people out if uh, someone is not paying, you know, so it goes back to the relationships that you have with your tenants and um, what I've preached from the beginning, it's not as easy as just throwing somebody in there and waiting for the check to cash. You really have to treat these people like human beings and know their situation and make sure they're comfortable uh, coming to you as the landlord when they do have an issue as opposed to um, disappearing or making it difficult. So it's it's all about how you treat people from the beginning. Um, the good landlords out there, you know, are, are doing good and, you know, people who haven't done as good at getting organized and having those relationships in place, uh, things have happened and it can go south. Um, and you're at the mercy of what they're allowing nowadays, which is very little evictions and, um, a hold on most of those. So yeah, there's going to be some problems with some landlords, I think coming up over the, the months to come and uh, getting tenants to, to get out of there or, or maybe negotiating and reworking something with them. Um, you got to get creative. And obviously you're providing some some aid to that, right? Getting maybe even swapping out or renegotiating some of the leases or getting new people in there? Yeah, we'll try and work with the people who are in there, find them something else that they can do, um, afford, you know, see what their options are. Um, I always ask the question, why aren't you buying? Um, you know, so we go down that road with tenants and if they can't buy now, we get them in touch with a credit repair company. We get them in touch with some attorneys we know who work for free and we'll help them figure out stuff on their credit if it's not supposed to be there. Um, and get them with a lender who will take the time and say, look, you can't qualify right now, but if you do this, this, and this in six months or a year or two years from now, you'd be in a position to buy something. So again, treat people like human, give them good advice. And uh, it goes a long way to try and avoid legal action and other things that could possibly happen. Sure. Sure. And and how has the, the buying and selling behavior changed in the last six to eight months with COVID and how realtors are approaching the situation as well as the buyers and sellers? Yeah. So I feel like my, what I have seen is there's been less people who have listed their home for sale. Um, so whether it's people hunkering down, um, staying where they are, uh, do, doing work to where they're at so they don't have to move, uh, doing an addition, giving themselves more space where they're at. Because, you know, some people bought within the last five years when real estate was the lowest that ever was. So as soon as you sell that house, yes, you make the money off that house, but you have to buy high again. So additions and expansion of current home have led to people not selling their house, where in the past they might have sold and upgraded. And then you have the other negative side of people not paying their mortgage. So maybe those are people in the past who would need to sell their house quickly or try and short sale it. Um, So you'd see that inventory listed on the market right now. Um, but in this case, they're not foreclosing on any properties. They have a halt on that with the courts. So those people are slow playing it and probably able to stay longer as opposed to needing to do something. So I'm guessing there's a little bit of that happening right now too, which a combination of people staying and people not paying and staying um, mm-hmm. has led to super low inventory. So if you can get your house listed, um, at least in the Oak Lawn and you know, Evergreen Park, Burbanks, these surrounding suburbs that I'm operating in every day, uh, Payless, of course, Orland, of course, Tinley. Um, if you can get your house listed, um, there's 20 showings within the first week, and you probably have a few offers that are coming in on the property. So 
Um, the demand, high demand areas, the higher demand school districts I see, um, if you can get it listed, you're going to probably get more than you expect on the house. On the buy side, it's absolute chaos because you have to look at 30 houses, 40 houses, 50 houses. You have to put in five offers maybe before you get uh, get one um, if you're if you're trying to compete in those areas. So two different worlds depending on which side you're on. Um, it's it's either super easy or it's it's a grind um, if you're looking to buy right now. So. And also, um, the way we even view the properties have changed too. Um, I noticed some um, some animated videos or or something looks like a drone that goes through the house. Uh, what have you been doing with your clients to try to promote some of the properties you're trying to sell? Well, um, we I do a lot of Facebook, uh, Instagram video marketing, and I've been doing that for years. Um, so I've continued to do that through the pandemic and, and a little more so. But yeah, we do the uh, Southside Cribs, we call it, where we go through and give a tour of the property like the old MTV show Cribs. Um, only difference is these are not mansions with a bunch of cars. They're usually, you know, smaller homes, Southside homes. Uh, so, but we give it a little uh, style and, and, you know, upgrade it on the, on the videos. And that's gone over well since we've closed down. We have those linked to every listing we put up. Uh, they go on YouTube, you know, people see them. It's, you know, it's kind of what you need to do to give people an idea of the layout of the house, how everything fits together and what they're actually doing before they have to go run out and see the property. So, sure. um, and then I have even put the owners of the property to work where maybe they don't want me to come over. Um, but they're thinking about selling their house and we'll do a FaceTime and they'll walk me through the house and show me everything they have. And I ask them the age of things. And then I come to an idea of what they can sell their, sell their property for with me, not even really even stepping foot in their house. Sure. So in, in, in some cases they say, Oh, great, let's list. And in other cases they say, yeah, it's better if we just stay here. Um, and I just, whatever I need to do to help people make that decision um, however comfortable they are, you know? Yeah. And I think those Southside crib videos are pretty cool and it gives the seller more exposure to a lot of things and allows you to walk through or get into the house and try to get an estimate of what to sell for, but a lot more crea creativity. And obviously during the uh, era of COVID, a lot of realtors had to pivot and it sounds like that's one of the ways of pivoting. And, and so what, what are some other ways that you've seen other realtors have pivoted to uh, just make it, make it better for the people trying to buy and sell? Yeah, we, and the same thing on the buy side, you know, we'll, we'll do virtual showings where we can go through and hit five to 10 houses with the FaceTime, show the buyers what it looks like. And in most cases, we're canceling out a good chunk of those as non-contenders without them having to leave. So then they can even ask specific questions. It's not just like a tour you're being talked, taken through on online. You have a live person at the house that's willing to go and look at what the things that are important to that buyer before they go out there. Um, so I see other agents do that on our listings. We see agents go through on their own all the time with their phone going. So there's some type of uh, virtual showings going on more and more. So now speaking of pivoting, uh, I know you're heavily involved in networking in the, in the community. And I know I referenced shaking hands. You're talking about bumping elbows. 
I mean, but that's really how we build relationships. So with your involvement with the community and the networking groups that you're part of, um, how, how have you seen some other businesses pivot or not pivot for that matter during this whole COVID to try to stay in business or, or try to get ahead? Yeah, I mean, the biggest, I'm in a networking group where I actually met you through um, the, the Oakland BNI, which is Business Networking International. It's local guys who and girls who run their own businesses. Um, are independent salespeople and uh, need to go get their get new business. So we meet every Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. We used to meet in person. Now we meet online. And um, there's a few people in there. Um, our carpet cleaner, uh, Green Owl, um, they do dry and chemical-free carpet cleaning. Um, I feel like they've capitalized big time with just in-home. They usually focused on business and hotels and different things like that. So they were forced to go elsewhere and he's done a really good job at just doing in home. And we've been helping him spread the word of, you don't have to wet your floors and be off your carpet for a day, you know, and have chemicals in there. You can have Bob come out and be done in three hours and you can go right back on your carpet. So he's, he's done a good job at that. Um, I think one of our uh, business coach, uh, Mark Fechner, He's in there and he uh, has always done a good job with his networking groups and community outreach and online. And I think going online and staying online with a lot of those groups has helped. You know, I think we've witnessed it in our Monday morning meeting that we've been able to get people there more often and uh, grow the group easier um, with the commitment of not having to drive to. We used to meet at a pancake house. Um, so I think everybody ha it has helped networking in the sense that you, there's less excuses of not, not to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and businesses just have to pick up and, and start making some of those changes. And it sounds like even the group that you're part of, and I, I used to be part of it. I moved into just a different direction. Those are all great people that are, are there, but have you also seen um, opportunities or in the business community, like new businesses start up or change direction in a big way since COVID? Um, I mean, in the real estate world, uh, I'm, I'm not living on, uh, living in the world of the, the landlord too heavily. So I feel, I feel like property management companies, um, have probably had a, uh, a big impact on now they were collecting rents. Now they're almost working out and doing the same things I was talking about is how do you get the tenant out of there? How do you get somebody else in there and get it? So I'm sure that business has changed drastically. Um, screening the tenants, you know, what has happened, what has changed since, why are they moving? Um, but, uh, you know, the, the real estate side of it, the real estate brokerage side of it, you know, I think luckily, at least in Illinois, that we have good lobbyists. So we've been able to stay uh, essential, uh, quote unquote. Right. And uh, um, business has kind of moved on, but um, you see the, you see it in the restaurant industry. You know, they got to do something different and outside or, you know, building structures and tents and stuff like that to stay alive and having raffles and doing promotions and doing videos on Facebook. Like, you know, they're they're trying everything they can to stay in front of people. And your practice and what you do for your clients, what what changes do you see going forward? Like, what do you what do you see like the future of? Uh, real estate buying and selling as a result of COVID, but going forward, assuming we get back to a new normal. 
Um, I mean, I, so the the inventory will eventually tip the other way. I'm sure. You know, these people who may have taken advantage of holding off on their mortgage and needing to restructure that or refinance finance that now going forward. When it comes to the reality of what that's going to take, will will everybody be able to do it? Maybe not. So now those houses will probably come on as short sales or if if it does get even worse and the banks have to truly foreclose on these properties and take them back over the next couple of years, then we'll have to see those if those properties hit the market and when they do. So I think you're going to see some areas do well and some areas do poorly depending upon what they have to offer. You know, so if an area has high taxes and not too many amenities, those areas will suffer and then areas that have lower taxes or reasonable taxes and uh, more amenities to offer, you'll see those areas probably continue to rise in price and some of this inflation that you're seeing might not go away, you know. And now, and just to, to tie insurance back to it, a lot of realtors had to do some pivoting and we don't have to like get into your personal thing, but you and I have had long discussions about what do realtors do? Their income goes up, their income goes down you know, there's certain products in the, in the, in the marketplace. And, and obviously you and I have taken that roller coaster, but, it, um, uh, and I'm sure you've seen other insur- uh, real estate agents go through the same thing. Yeah. So we, we have to buy our own insurance, you know, and so like you said, some years are great. Some years are slow. Some se- seasons are slow. So, um, luckily that has been the good thing with the marketplace and, and the help from you is shopping that from time to time, you know, and seeing what, what's possible. Can you, can you shift it depending on what's going on in our life and what we need at the time to save some money or now is the time to pay more money and do what we need to do, you know? So, um, any, if you're sitting back and just paying the large monthly, monthly fee on that, uh, you, you should be talking to somebody like you who can, weigh their options depending on their needs and see what makes sense. And from a six, six months at a time, kind of make a call on some things that it, it, it's definitely helpful for a small business and necessary as like a huge cost control, you know? For sure. And, and I appreciate the feedback on that. And I know realtors for years have always run into the issue because, you know, there's good years and bad years and and what do they do? And then, of course, as they grow, what do they do? There's growing pains. They um, they build teams. And how do they ensure teams? Uh, and obviously, as time goes on, obviously, pivoting has a lot to do with it. Even even though some of the large franchise companies have gone, uh, at least from what I've seen, like the bigger um, real estate offices that are more national, that uh, if you achieve a certain level, they're able to provide insurance. But a lot of the smaller ones that are doing it full time like you are still don't make that mark that somebody else can help you with that bill. Keeping uh, an eye on a lot of things and not let it get out of control allows you to operate your business a little bit better, function a little bit better in the house. And then even just during the whole COVID, I mean, I know you and I had talked about it by making some changes earlier this year, you know, it was allowing you to probably stomach through COVID and some of the changes that were involved there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's good to have options as the the years go on. Yeah, for sure. Well, Definitely been great. I love the insight on some of the things that you've been seeing through COVID and and how buyers and sellers are able to approach their properties in a nice, safe manner. 
and then also just a little bit about what what what's to come and what 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 the future of some of the real estate at least in the next 12 to 18 months if somebody needed to get in touch with you to evaluate um or even just get in touch with you to um for your expertise and connections how do they get in touch with you phone call is the best uh, call or text uh, my cell phone 708-277-3179 cell phone business phone everything phone nowadays um could also find me on Facebook, Kyle Altenberg, actually at Kyle Altenberg, R-E, letters R and letters E. So that is, uh, um, that's my uh, Facebook page where I put up all my Kyle Altenberg Hanley Realty propaganda. And then uh, last, we have a website, www.hanley-realty.com. So it's not the word hyphen spelled out, that's the symbol. Um, I'm around for any questions, concerns. I know a lot of people too, um, who do the same thing as I do in different areas, uh, geographically. So happy to, uh, give you advice and point you in the right direction if needed. Um, anybody South side and beyond. Sure. Sure. And you're so well connected that I would also encourage anybody if they're looking for like the carpet cleaners, the, the plumbers, the contractors of the world to reach out to you as well, just because, you, you probably have a whole database of connections that you're able to connect people to. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to, to do the same thing, connect other people. And, uh, the maintenance side is always there. Got it. And it, my final question is if somebody goes to Facebook and uh, searches South site cribs, are they able to find some of those videos? Um, yeah, you should be able to, you, you can definitely see them on the, uh, the Facebook page. There should, there could be a few. The, the virtual tours now that we have going out will be on the the face, the, the website. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I've ever Googled it. So <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to tell me if we if we hashtagged it right or whatever. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. Well, I appreciate everything you've done. I, I appreciate your time this morning to uh, jump on the the podcast and and give a little bit of the insight. So hey, thanks for having me, man. Good job on this. 